Thank you, ladies. That's a beautiful song and has a great message. So I appreciate our ladies' trio sharing with us this morning. If you brought your Bibles, those of you are here, which are very few, I would say, but you at home, I hope you have picked up your Bible. If you would, please turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, I want to share a sermon entitled, There They Crucified Him. This is taken from one of those verses. As we look at Luke 23, and we'll look at verse 26 through 23. Luke 23, verse 26. Now as they laid, and as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon of Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs they that never bore, breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what would be done in the dry? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Look at verse 33. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, and here's my sermon titled, There they crucified him. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity we've had to come and worship you. And now, Father, to hear your word. Speak to our hearts, I pray. Be with me, I pray, as I share your word. And Lord, give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Give me a clear voice. May I understand what you're trying to tell me, where I can share with your people. I pray that we'll not be only hearers, but doers of your word. I pray for every person listening this morning. And as your Holy Spirit begins to work and move on their life, I pray, Lord, that they would make those decisions that we know your Holy Spirit is leading them to make. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be aware, it's already been mentioned, that today is on the Christian calendar is Palm Sunday. It's just mentioned earlier, this is the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem prior to his crucifixion. Rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. He was well received by the people. They weighed palm branches, they laid palm branches down and made a path for him and his donkey. They shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Matthew 21, verse 9. However, by Friday of that week, that same crowd was chanting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. 
So this is Palm Sunday. Today also begins the week of passion, the passion of Christ. And so during this week, we should just give pause and remember the humiliation, the suffering, the pain, the crucifixion, and the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But this morning, I want, to, I want us to think about this place called Calvary. The word Calvary, a Latin word, comes uh, from Latin. The Greek word is Gagatha. Calvary, the meaning of Calvary, is the place of the skull. Gagatha is derived from a Hebrew word, Golgoleth. Tradition has it that um, after David's battle with Goliath, he carried the head of Goliath to Jerusalem and he buried the head of Goliath at this place of the skull. Tradition also has it that Adam's skull was buried in the same place. Tradition also has it that the name is derived from being in the shape of a skull, the mountain in shape of a skull. I've been to Calvary, I've been to Golgotha, and it truly, as you come up on it in a, from a distance, you can see it's the actual shape of a skull, even has the eye sockets, the nose socket, um, and it looks like a skull. But the point is, we do know for a fact that there is where they crucified Jesus. So first you have a place, the place of the crucifixion. It's Golgotha. If you're taking notes, the place of the crucifixion, Golgotha. Now, I, I believe, personally, I believe that after the, crucifix, uh, after the creation, after God created the sun and the moon and the galaxies and all the solar systems, after he created the hills and the mountains, valleys, rivers, oceans, when all of that was in place, I believe that God called his son to his side and he said, maybe pointed and said, over in Judea, there is the place. There's the place where the sin question will be settled forever. Now that place is going to be the place where heaven's love and heaven's justice will meet at last. It wasn't much of a place as places go, but the point was it's the ordained place by God. It's the place where the beloved Son of God would die for the sins of Adam's ruined race. It's the place. We can never be sure that that place was never out of the mind of the heart of Jesus. He was born not far from that place. The cradle and the cross were just near neighbors. And then finally, at the close of his ministry, while he was bruised and scourged and crowned with a crown of thorns, Jesus came at last to that very dreadful place. He had made a journey from glory to Galilee, then from Galilee to Gethsemane, 
from Gethsemane, from Gabbatha, Gethsemane, to there. There, at that place, Golgotha, they crucified him. So first of all, you have a place. But notice, there they crucified him. So you have a people. Let's look just a moment at the people of Golgotha. So the question comes, who were those godless individuals who plotted the death of Jesus? Well, we do know that the centurion was there, Matthew 27, verse 54. We know the Greeks were there because his title on the top of his cross was written in Greek and Latin and Hebrew. So we know the Greeks were there, the centurion was there. We know the Jews were there because, no doubt, they were boasting because they were Abraham's seed. So the point is, we should never forget, we were there also. We were there in proxy. Our representatives were there in persons who took our place, who acted on our part, who cast our vote, who spoke for us. And so you had the Jew there, you had the Romans, you had the Gentiles there, the Jew and the Gentile, we were there. And so you had the place there, they crucified him. So you have the place, you have the people, and then you have the price that was paid. Look, if you will, at verse 33 again. He says, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, the price paid. There they crucified him. Now, crucifixion was a cruel, just kind of a cruel, slow way to die. Death by hanging was, you know, that was frightening enough. However, the Romans thought that death had to be filled with great terror and great torment. And so they would take this upright post and they would nail a cross piece to it. And then they would take their screaming victims and nail them to that accursed cross and hang them up to die on that cross. So you have the place, and you have the people, they. You have the price, crucified him. You have the person, you have him there they crucified, capital H. There they crucified Him. So the question is this, who is Him? Well, John 1, 3 says, Him was that all things were made by Him. The stars and the galaxies, the solar systems, He made everything that was made. Who was Him? All things were made by Him. Who was Him? Well, Acts 10.43 says, To Him gave all the prophets witness. Moses and Malachi and David and Daniel, and Job, and Jeremiah, and Ezra, and Ezekiel. 
One and all bore witness to a sovereign Messiah, to a suffering Messiah. He was to come, he was to suffer, he was to bleed, he was to die, he was to come again, he was to rule and to reign all over all nations. He came and they crucified him. So who was him? All things were made by him. To him gave all prophets witness. And who was him? Third, let all the angels worship him. Hebrews 1 verse 6. Isaiah 6, 2 and 3. They sang holy, holy, holy. You can listen as they proclaim his holiness. Holy, 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 thrice holy, holy Father, holy Son, holy Spirit, Isaiah 6, 2 through 3. Remember, the angels, they, they, they crowded around his cradle in a crude cave when he was born. And then the angels burst into song on the Judean hill, and they sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will toward men. Luke 2, verse 14. Yes, the angels worshipped him, but when he got fully grown, they crucified him. So all things were made by him. They crucified him. To him all the prophets gave witness, but they crucified him. Let all the angels worship him, and they did, but they crucified him. So who is him? Fourth, to him, Colossians 2 verse 9, to him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Now, when Solomon dedicated his temple, in 2 Chronicles 6, verse 18, this is what he said. He said, But will God indeed dwell with men on earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I've built. Solomon says, We cannot contain the fullness of the Godhead. We cannot contain the fullness of God. But yet in Him, the incarnate Son of God, the Scripture says, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2 verse 9. As a baby, as a baby dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. As a young boy dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. Growing up, in Him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. Moving among the people dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. Performing all of His miracles dwelt all the goodness of the Godhead. In Him, in Him, to Him, Colossians 2.9, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. And what did they do? They crucified Him. Who is Him? Well, this is my beloved Son. Hear ye Him. Matthew 17, verse 5. 
Hear ye him. Not Confucius, not Buddha, not Mohammed, not Mary, not the Pope, not some great church leader, not them, but him. John 7, 46, the disciples said, No man speaks like this man. Mark 4, 41, Even the winds and the sea obey him. And what did they do? They crucified him. Luke 23, 33. There they crucified him. But you see, the crucifixion's not the end of the story by no means. For Colossians 2.12 says, God hath raised him <laughs> from the dead. God has raised him from the dead. Years ago, and I've shared this with the church on one or two other occasions, I'm not a poet and don't uh, pretend to be, but God laid this on my heart and I'd like to read it to you. I love it as Golgotha. There's a hill outside of Jerusalem that is marked by shame and despair. It's a hill called Golgotha. God's Son was crucified there. He bled and He died for all sinners, a terrible sight to see. Yet had it not been for Golgotha, I a condemned sinner would be. Today it's covered with weeds and thorn bushes, a place not desirable to see. But centuries ago, the beauty of Golgotha was revealed by an old rugged tree. I'll always remember Golgotha, not for the beautiful flowers I see, but for the shame and despair of Christ Jesus as he hung from that old rugged tree. I will never forget Golgotha as long as this life shall be. Had it not been for Golgotha, I, a condemned sinner, would be. That's what Golgotha means to me. I know that this is a very difficult time for our nation and for the world. A number of people are worried. So many are very anxious. I was listening to David Jeremiah this week on his website. He shared that it... If you Google coronavirus and worry, you'll see more than 500 million hits. 500 million people Googled those two things. If you Google coronavirus and anxiety, you'll notice one billion hits. When you put the two together, worry and anxiety, you'll have 1.5 billion people have have Googled to see how you deal with anxiety and worry of this virus. My advice this morning to the Christian is spiritual advice. Live by the faith that saved you and live by the faith in the one who saved you. Remember that God is sovereign and He's in control 
He promises never to forsake you nor to leave you. And of course, Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose. So to the believer, live by the faith and live in the one, your faith in the one who saved you. Remember that God is sovereign and He's not going to forsake you or leave you and He's going to work everything out to the good to all of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. To the unbeliever, this week I really struggled about what to put on our church marquee as we were getting ready to celebrate Easter. And God just laid this message on my heart. For everyone who passes by, I pray we'll see. Jesus is alive, coming again, be saved today. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you need to do that today. The greatest need you have in your life is to be saved. Romans 3.23 says this. It says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. When Adam sinned, his curse fell on the human race. We're all sinners. We're sinners because... Not, we're not sinners because we sin, but we sin because we're sinners. We're born sinners. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, says, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, now notice, to everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation, for everyone who believes. He didn't say a word about a, a baptism. He didn't say a word about uh, being a Baptist. Any other work, he says, to everyone that believes. The point is the gospel is appropriated by believing it. Romans 1 verse 16 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Pointedly, it's for everyone. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Listen to what God's word says. In him who you also trusted... Are believed after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in which also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So what do we do? First, we're lost. We have to realize we're lost, the children of Adam. Then we have to hear the word of truth. What's the word of truth? That's the gospel. What's the gospel? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel 
which I preached to you, which also you received it, and in it you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I declare to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and he arose again the third day according to the Scripture. Not by works we've done, but what he's done. Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Another passage of Scripture I'm going to close with. Jesus speaks about another place in John 14. John 14, verse 1. Listen to what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare... Prepare a place for you. I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Romans 10 verse 13 simply says this, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning I pray, my prayer is, that you've asked Christ to forgive you and to come into your life and save you that you believe the gospel, that Christ came, that Christ died, and Christ arose again. And then Christ is coming back one day. Someone mentioned to me about, you know, they said, I believe we're in the time of Revelation, the book of Revelation. I said, well, don't forget 1 Thessalonians 4, because there's going to be a great catching away of the church. I'm going to tell you something, that's the next thing that's going to happen. And you need to be saved in order to be a part of that catching away. Let's have a word of prayer. Today, if you've never asked Christ to come into your life and save you, that will be the most important decision you'll ever make. That truly is the first thing you should do to prepare for the coronavirus or to prepare for anything that could possibility, uh, possibly end in death. And so let me encourage you today, if you've never been saved, Christ came, he died, he was buried, and he arose again. We have historical proof that he came. We have historical proof he was crucified and buried. And we have historical proof that he arose again. We have historical proof he ascended into heaven. And we're waiting for his return. And one day he's coming back for the church. For those who belong uniquely through him by trusting him for salvation. So pray today and ask Christ to come into your life and save you. Pray something like this. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I was born in sin. And today, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And I turn from my sin and I turn to you, O oh Lord, 
And I believe with all of my heart that you came into this world to die on the cross for my sins. You were buried. You became victorious over sin and, and over death and over the grave. You arose from the grave. And I believe with all of my heart, Lord, that you're coming again one day. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and save me. And I give you my life. I receive you as Lord and Savior over my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would, listen to our invitation. Let God speak to your heart. If you would like to pray, just humble yourself wherever you are and ask God to come into your life and save you as you trust Him as you believe the gospel. I'm dead. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate our praise team coming and sharing this morning. And I appreciate all of you tuning in and listening to our worship service. Let me just make a couple of announcements to kind of bring our people up to date. Remember your Bible fellowship lessons, adults and youth. Yours, is, yours will be posted uh, weekly on the website. So for next Sunday... Uh, check in about Thursday, and it should be on the website for Easter Sunday. And so, children, you'll be uh, parents, your preschoolers, children will be receiving uh, their Bible fellowship lessons um, every three weeks. And so, if you would take time to share with them, I know you're doing this. I get some great pictures mailed to me about uh, preschoolers and children studying and, and doing their work. So, we'll keep it up, and I pray that you'll. Uh, uh, your faith will grow by doing that. I know it will, and so let me encourage you to keep doing it. Our Annie Armstrong Easter offering, please pray what God would have you to give to our um, North American missionaries. Uh, if you would, our church goes $5,000. So if you would just make your uh, check out to the church um, and just uh, memo at the bottom how much of that would go to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, we'll make sure it gets to that. Flowers on the cross next Sunday. Let me encourage you. Our cross is up out front. If you'll bring live flowers, take part in flowers on the cross. Leave your flowers there and put them on the cross. And we'll let everyone know that, that uh, there's life in the cross. And so it's a symbol of death. But because of what Christ did, uh, we have a Savior that's risen from the dead. And we rejoice in that. We're going to celebrate and I hope you'll be able to, to bring some flowers, bring some dogwood. If, uh, if red buds are, are blooming, go ahead, bring those. Anything wild you can find, that'll be fine. Just bring live flowers and we'll cover the cross. Let me mention a prayer request. If you have prayer requests, please call the church office from 9 to 4 uh, when the office is open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Or you can email Miss Rita. At her email address, mountainview02 at centratel.net, or you can email me at mountainview02 at gmail. 
and we'll get your prayer request. Help us to update our prayer list. And so we're dependent on you to keep us informed uh, about the well-being of our church family. And so let me encourage you to help us with this. Remember, I'm not on Facebook, and so please pick up, a, uh, pick up your phone, give me a call. That's not going to be a problem, so please call me. Options to give. Yeah, let me uh, uh, mention that you can continue to worship in your giving by, uh, there's three options, mail your tithes and offerings to the church. Drop your tithes and offerings off at the church, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, office hours. And then we've finished setting up our electronic giving, so you can go to our website, uh, or you can just, I think, on the screen, you'll have the, uh, the, uh, the address that you can go to, just mountviewbaptistchurch.org uh, slash online-giving, and should get you to... Uh, straight to the tithely given uh, app that you'll need. And so if you would, uh, give, continue giving because ministry continues here at the church, and I appreciate your faithfulness in giving. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Let me dismiss us with a prayer, and I'll be praying for you. And so pray for each other. If you haven't picked up your prayer packets, come by the church. We'll have 20 envelopes and 20 pieces, 20 sheets of stationery, and we'll even have the postage. If you'll bring them back by, we'll drop them in the mail for you. And contact our homebound, our shut-ins, I should say, uh, those that are in uh, uh, health facilities, and then just uh, encourage each other, drop each other a note would be great. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence and worship today. Thank you that we can focus our attention today on Golgotha, Calvary. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that you were willing to give of yourself, leave heaven, come to earth, suffer the pain, the agony, the embarrassment, humiliation, the, uh, the torture, literally torture, that you experienced that should have been ours, but you died on our behalf. And we thank you, Lord, that you were our substitute and all the wrath of God came upon you that should have been on us. And we pray, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can have eternal life by trusting, believing in what you've done for us. Not for us only, but for the whole world. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.